it's significantly, I mean, it's significantly less than 50%. 50% is, is, is just, it's very hard to do business when you churn 50% of the revenue every year. It's almost impossible. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Makita Mikado. He is the CEO and founder of a company called PandaDoc. I've been on the show many times. Looking forward to getting an update. Makita, you ready to take us to the top? Sure, Nathan. All right. How so are you? Are, you, are you less dependent on HubSpot these days? Or are they still driving all your growth? Uh, we were never dependent on anyone to drive our growth. So I'm going to quote you back from last episode. Uh, there was a, yeah. You basically shared a majority of your revenue came from your posi- your good positioning in the HubSpot app exchange. Um, I'm simply asking, have you been able to diversify away from that so that not as many as your customers were coming from them every month? This is hugely incorrect. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, HubSpot, as well as many other CRMs, uh, were very helpful uh, to drive some of our growth. But not all of it. Yeah, I didn't, and Makita, just I'm to be clear, I want to make sure I quote you right. I didn't say all of it. But back on June 6th of 2017, when I asked you what some of your big channels were, you specifically cited positioning in the HubSpot App Exchange. Well, it's different. Um, <laughs> what you quoted me with first is very different from uh, the answer I gave you and to the question you asked, right? What are, what are my uh, question was Makita well, is are you less the, are you less depend my question was very simple are you less dependent today than you were on HubSpot two years ago dri- driving your growth are we less dependent on HubSpot today um, I don't know the answer to that question Nathan I mean I don't think um, yeah I don't know, I don't know the answer to that question for the reason that. Uh, it hasn't been the major driver of the growth. It's a good growth channel. Uh, partnerships in general is a very good growth channel for us, but it hasn't been the major one. And uh, like, I don't think I said that. We're not dependent on it, and we're not dependent on it now. Um, uh, like, is it a is it an important channel? It is, but like. Is it a less important or more important channel now? I don't know. Like, basically, got to look into the uh, into data and say, okay, did we add a couple of percentage points here, or did, like, 
um, all those couple of percentage points uh, one away. But it's it's not material. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Fair enough. All right. So for those folks that missed our first two episodes together, give a quick update on what the product does for those that aren't familiar. Sure. Uh, PandaDoc helps uh, to streamline your sales documents. Things like quotes, proposals, contracts, get them generated, uh, delivered to customers, and uh, signed. Yep. And back in 2017, you shared that that kind of the pricing model around this. You had folks paying kind of the $100 range, which was 3x what it was the year prior to that because you were increasing pricing. Have you continued around that trend, moving more enterprise, or is it still around 100 bucks a month on average? Um. I, I got to correct you again. We're going to have a <laughs> confrontation. Hey, Makita, just, just so you know, by the way, you're not correcting me. I'm literally looking at quotes you gave. So you said on January 14th, 2016, your ARPU was $30 per month. You came back on in June 6th, 2017 and said it was $100 a month. So you can phrase it however you want to phrase it, but I'm reading data points that you gave me. Yeah. So the data points are correct. Your interpretation is very wrong. <laughs> like... So pricing, uh, the uh, changes in pricing is just one of the axles uh, that impact average revenue per account. That's where you're wrong, Nathan. Makita, first off, <laughs> but, don't uh, call me, excuse me, uh, yeah, excuse okay. me. Don't call me right or wrong. All I'm trying to do is uh-huh. understand how you've driven growth so my audience can learn, right? So if this is going to be about you just trying to hit me about what's right or wrong, that's like we should, we should not continue. I want to learn from you, though. That's my goal. I'm making no assumptions. So all I'm asking is, over the past two years, since the last time you came on, have you generally moved up market and increased ARPU, right? Or if you didn't move up market, but you still increased ARPU, I'd love to learn how you did that as well. The way you change average revenue per account is, uh, there are many ways, right? One is pricing. Another one is the average number of users per account. Um, so that, you know, kept growing. Well, pricing increases, um, the more users there are. Another correct? way is the feature, uh, not necessarily, well, the pricing per account, but no, no I'm talking per customer per unit, right? Per and the customer. pricing of the product. Yeah. Uh, then the, you know, the feature set that's been utilized by customers. And then you add on top of that, let's say utilization of something like payments. Um, you can transact through PandaDoc. You can get paid um, once you send a document. The document gets signed. Let's say it's a proposal. Third party can uh, uh, submit a payment right within that document. So that is an additional revenue stream. Uh, So basically, the average revenue per account, the average uh, ARPA, can grow through a number of different uh ways and it has grown for us and uh, uh, in terms of like uh, our pricing our pricing did not change as much pendadox pricing remained pretty much well not the same of course we're working on it and we're experimenting with it uh, but it hasn't changed drastically um up market uh, versus down market uh, we continue to focus on um, small-sized businesses, companies that have from 10 to a couple hundred employees. That has been uh, working really well for us. 
At the same time, uh, we see more and more uh, deployments uh, with uh, companies that have more than 200 employees, that have more than a few thousand employees. And uh, we're seeing um, just like a lot of improvements in metrics um, with, uh, with smaller businesses. So um, I wouldn't say that there has been a... Um, so Makita, sorry, this is a very, this is a very, a very long answer. Let me just try and because I want to get a bunch in about your your story and what's changed over the past two years. So just to be clear, you're still around per brand paying you. I'm not talking about per seat, per brand paying you. You're still in that about a hundred dollar a month range. Yeah, a little more than that. Okay, okay, fair enough. That's helpful. Um, talk. Give me a quick update on uh, the funding side of things. So still 19.5 raised, or did you choose to raise more capital? Uh, we raised a little bit more. Okay. We raised a little bit more. So total in today is about how much? Twenty-three. Okay. Have you chosen to continue to use equity when raising, or have you chosen to try a little bit of debt to avoid dilution? Uh, both. Both. We uh, we use both instruments and uh, um, find like. Availability of debt options to be uh, a very one of like one of the very good ways to um, to add money, you know, to the balance sheet when needed. Have you done that on a revenue-based financing kind of facility, or more like a term loan, like a fixed interest rate? Um, we actually have both. We have both, and uh, although we have both with one provider. Okay, that's interesting. Um, can you explain to me why that provider wouldn't try and consolidate the instrument into one thing? Because those are to- two very different products: RBFs versus straight term line lo- term loans. Yeah, well, um, I wouldn't tell you why that was their choice, but actually, when we went out to market and try to get uh, a few quotes and a few proposals, I remember that two of the vendors had a very similar. Um, very similar, uh, very similar proposals, uh, which consisted both of a term loan plus MRR line. I don't know why they choose to do it that way, but that was, you know, that was pretty. Oh, 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 no, no, that's fine. Sorry, RBF stands for revenue-based financing, which is basically you would pay back four to eight percent of your gross monthly receipts on like a three to six-year term at a one point five x repayment cap. You're not doing that. You're doing it, what you just said, which is a, an MRR line, a line of credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. No, that's very that's very traditional uh, and cool. Um, uh, did you end up doing that with SVB or is it a different provider? Um, SVB. Okay. And would you recommend working with them? Has it been night, good, easy? Yeah, it has been easy. Okay. It has been easy. Good. All we, right. Uh, What's about the product? And they were all um, easy to work with and... Uh, um, I, I recommend that as a as one of the ways to um, to bring cash in. Yeah, SVB will typically take ten to twenty bips of kind of warrant coverage or point one to point two percent of the company when they do this kind of thing. You had no issues with that? Uh, no, no issues. Okay, and what about sometimes people will hit them and say the covenants are just ridiculous. I would never do a deal like that. How did you manage financial covenants? Uh, I wouldn't say they're ridiculous. I wouldn't say they're ridiculous. Okay. Did you have to negotiate out of any of them or you accepted the term sheet as is? I think we're getting into details a little too much. 
well, that's fine. I'm still going to ask the question. Did you, did you, was there any covenants that you didn't like that you didn't negotiate out of? Uh, you think, uh, you, I think I, you, think, <laughs> you think I care if you like it or not? I'm, I'm still going to, my job's not to make I, you happy. I, yeah. It looks like, like, it looks like you don't, but, um, we won't go into the details of that. Uh, and that's the question I wouldn't answer. Although thank you for asking it. And, uh, like I said, I like all options compared, I, uh, I'd recommend this as one of the, um, as one of the options to consider for founders, uh, looking to raise more capital. Yeah. Update us on the product side of things. So what kind of product things have come out over the past year that you're really excited about and where do you, what do you think, what's coming out in the next year? But yeah, um, I'd love to. So, um, Pendak has been known as a great solution to generate sales proposals and sales contracts. Um, we expanded our footprint into the, um, into the world of payments. Now, not only you can generate a proposal and, uh, um, get a contract signed, you can also, um, transact through these documents. So say if you're in professional services or if you're a software company that needs a down payment on a deal, um, that is all could be done within our solution. And, uh, the beauty of being able to transact through documents is that you can shrink your quote to cash timeframe, uh, timeline significantly. Um, so that has been a quite significant product, uh, product development. Our integrations with CRM systems, uh, you rightfully noted that, um, CRMs are important for PandaDoc. They are. All those relationships and partnerships are important. Uh, and uh, we've invested greatly in improving uh, our integrations with CRMs. Um, uh, to this date, PandaDoc remains to be the best uh, proposal and uh, contract management solution uh, in terms of the way we integrate with CRM systems. Well, how do you measure that? How, do you, how can you say definitively you're the best? Um, that's an interesting question. Like it's definitely not quantifiable. Let's let's put it that way. It's it's my and uh, um, yeah. I'll you know I'll stop at that. But um, in case you would like to challenge it, uh, I'd love for uh, no, Makita. I just I just don't like I just don't like hyperbole. I just don't like hyperbole. Right. So like, for example, earlier when I asked you about HubSpot, you hit back at me. But twenty four point one three percent of your referring traffic comes from HubSpot today. Right. And you hit me and you hit back at me pretty hard on that. So I like numbers, not people saying we're the best and not being able to back it up with something. Now, if you told me you had the best reviews, four percent of our uh, referring traffic comes from. Yeah. According, based on what? according to similar web, 16.6% coming from get app, 7.8% from Captera, 5% from software advice. Yeah. Yeah. If, if uh similar web was, uh, extremely accurate in the world of uh, B2B, I think we'd be uh, spending a lot of money with them. But we don't because it's not. Why would you spend money with them? They're a reporting tool. I'm simply taking their referral traffic. Are you saying that HubSpot does not drive you 24 like, some percent some percent of your referral traffic? It does not. Okay. So, okay. I, I, just so you understand, I'm going to follow up on this uh, with, with the HubSpot content team and more data tools because my research team is pretty damn good. And it says that 24% of your referral traffic comes directly from HubSpot. You're basically saying HubSpot is not, a, I mean, they're not a major partner. You said earlier, we were never dependent on them. 
basically tried to disposition yourself. You did. Makita, you you said earlier in the interview, you said we are not dependent. We were never dependent on HubSpot. That's a quote. That's a direct quote from four and a half minutes ago. You just put in my mouth, Nathan, that I said that they're not a major partner. No, Makita, I'm quoting you. We have a live transcript. (laughs) I didn't say that. Makita, we have a, you're going to look like a total fool because people right now on their dial can go back exactly 10 minutes and 35 seconds and hear you give that exact quote. Exact quote of me saying HubSpot has never been a major partner. Like, no, you said, said specifically, I will read it. We were never and we were never dependent on any one provider, including HubSpot. That's right. Okay, and I'm saying on similar web, 24, <laughs> I'm saying 24.13% of your referral traffic is coming from HubSpot, and you're saying that's not accurate, that's not correct. So, because, and, you're, and you're saying similar web's not accurate. I just don't, I mean, I don't understand what you're trying to do here, right? This is a smart strategy. I was trying to give you credit. It's a smart strategy to use other platforms to drive your own growth. It is. I would agree with that. So why would you not say, yeah, HubSpot was a great partner. We were really dependent on them earlier on. We were ranked number one in our app store. We have over a thousand reviews on that store. Now we've done a great number of new integrations with great new partners. And they're also now driving us traffic. We've integrated with X, Y, and Z. Um, I think HubSpot is a phenomenal partner. I'm, I'm very, very happy to partner with HubSpot. We love HubSpot. Um, you ask me... Are you still dependent on HubSpot? And no, that is not what I said, Makita. I said, are you more or less dependent on HubSpot than you were two years ago? Um, I'd like to go back into the interview because this is the way I heard it. Yeah, no, we, I have real-time transcription on the side of my screen right now. I'm reading from the, the textual transcription. And anyone else can go back now 13 and a half minutes and hear me ask exactly that. It was, are you more or less dependent on HubSpot? We're getting in the weeds. We're losing it here. Let me go back to your product strategy because I think it's great. Who came up with the idea to start doing payments via this as well? Where did you get that kind of idea? Um, it came from customers. It came from customers. Um, customers asked to uh, for you know this capability, and we uh, decided to deliver. Mm-hmm. Are you taking a percent of payments to the platform, or that's free right now? Uh, it depends on the provider. We partner with third parties, and uh, uh, obviously, you know, third parties uh, take a cut, um, and. Uh, Depending on that third party, they may or may not be a partnership agreement. I wouldn't tell you which ones you know we have a partnership agreement with, or um, you know, or, or not. But um, they're currently Stripe, Square, AuthorizeNet, and uh, PayPal, um, as well as QuickBook Payments that we are working with. And uh, all those payment providers are available through PandaDoc, so you can you know you can enable them from within documents. Let me ask that question a bit differently, then, without getting to specifics of partnership agreements. Um, over the past twelve months, when you look at your total revenue, what percent came from a, the GMV percent you're taking versus just your pure SaaS business? Uh, it's not a very large percent. I wouldn't give you the exact number. Is it growing? Is the GMV percentage growing faster than the SaaS side? Hmm. I can tell you that the, well, we're not really measuring that revenue because that revenue is not that significant and not that strategic for us. What's strategic is that we basically add more value to customers. Not only they can 
streamline their documents, but also a portion of payments through documents. And uh, that's what we're mostly concerned about. So we're concerned about with with the usage, you know, with active usage of that functionality. Yep, that's good. Um, how many customers are you now up to today? Uh, close to 14,000. Okay, that's great. That's double what you were at uh, when you came on two years ago almost now. You, were at, said, you said 7,000, so that's, that's really nice growth. Where's most, where have most of those new customers come from? Mm, variety of channels. Um, direct, right? Word of mouth and uh, natural virality of the product because whenever you send, uh, send somebody a document, uh, they get exposed to PandaDoc. Um, so those are the two very large ones. And uh, then uh, things like search engine optimization, uh, things like uh, partnerships, uh, things like uh, resellers and channel partners, uh, things like which reseller is um, doing the best for you? Is it like an agency or what? Or is it a blog? Or you know, you know, quite frankly, we're still figuring it out because there's such a variety of different uh, businesses that um, that tend to do well reselling PandaDoc. There are agencies um, that know how to resell CRM. Those are the you know those are the best folks for us to uh, work with. Uh, there are CRM implementation partners and uh, uh, folks that uh, resell CRMs and consult on CRMs and so on and so forth. And there are even um, sales coaches and um, um, sales operations uh, consultants. So there's a there's a pretty interesting range and. Um, um, when you look We're at all still, the channels, Makita, together, yeah. though, right? So to get a new $100 a month kind of account, are you still in that kind of 12-month payback period range, or have you gotten more or less aggressive? Uh, we're actually uh, a little bit under than 12 months with the payback, which is, it's a good and it's a bad thing, right? Like, and you know why, but... Um, so just to be clear, yeah. that means you're spending, call it maybe like a thousand bucks fully weighted CAC to get a new $100 a month customer, 10 month payback period. Um, pretty much. The the numbers are slightly different because we're um, like above 100 bucks on average on per account basis. Uh, but yeah, but you're correct. Okay. Wait, sorry. Uh, I in, thought in the, in the way you calculated. Yeah. 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 Sorry for a hundred. Uh, you said earlier that you were a little above a hundred at this point. I'm assuming though, it's still, I mean, you're not, you're not talking like $300 a month now average. Are you? No, 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 no. Okay. We're, we're, we're in the hundred dollar, um, cohort range. Yeah. 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 Okay. What cohort. about, so you sign these, you sign these guys up. Are they still sticking when you look at gross churn over the past 12 months on a revenue basis? What's that coming at? Has been improving. It has been improving on the unit basis. It has been improving on the MRR basis. It has been improving on net dollar retention basis. Okay. On a gross basis on the revenue side, I mean, are you back under 50%? Uh, on the revenue side, we, yeah, we churn less than 50% of revenue a year. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said 60% last time it came on. So that's why I was asking. Um, so that's got, you've improved that 50% gross revenue churn annually. Does expansion revenue on that cohort make up for the 50% loss? Mm, well, first of all, uh, there's not a 50% loss. The loss is much smaller. Okay. And, what, what is it? That's, uh, that's what I was asking. Um, well, I have to look into the data, but 
uh, tell you that uh, our net net retention is positive. Okay, so and, like more uh, than 100%? What, yeah, that's what matters. Um, peeling back that onion though can be really interesting, right? But if, so if you're churning 90% of your base, but your expansion is 110%, that's a very different business than if you're only churning 5% and your expansion is 10%, you know? It's very different. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your gross revenue churn is, is definitely under? Is it definitely under like 20% annually? Let's not get into the weeds. Um, uh, you know, they got to be a little bit of... Um, I think as we grow, it's a little more important to not necessarily expose every single member of your business and only do that uh, when it makes more sense. Why do you when say that? Sense. Like, I don't most people, most Valley. people, most people well, clam up. Most people close up like this. Uh, if, if they, hmm. for whatever reason, feel that their numbers are a liability. But I can tell you, I mean, I've interviewed uh, about 380 people with north of 50 million bucks in ARR and they love sharing numbers because they're testing the market for kind of pre IPO situations. Hmm. Uh, we're, we're pretty far from the IPO. So I don't think, um, there's value in testing the market for, for that. Um, the main point of the show Makita is to help people learn, right? So there's a, there's plenty of huffy puffy shows where you go say you're number one, you're on the ink list and all this stuff. My style is back strategies and numbers. So that's really what drives me asking so many numbers. So I won't push you harder there. If you want to leave it at just less than 50% gross revenue churn annually, we'll leave it right there. And you have over 100% net revenue retention. So your expansion is more than making up for your gross churn. We can leave it at that if you want. Let's leave it at that. Um, It's significantly, I mean, it's significantly less than 50%. 50% is, is, is just it's very hard to do business when you churn 50% of the revenue every year. It's almost impossible. Yeah, well, I mean, you can churn 50%, but if your expansion is 100%, your net revenue retention is 140%. I mean, right? So that's fine. 150%. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's, that's not our profile. Yeah. All right. Very good. Team size today. How many folks? Uh, 220 people. Okay. 220. And what's the bre- split? How many engineers? Uh, 90 people are in R&D. Um, and then, you know, someone is a product manager, someone is a QA engineer, somebody is a software engineer, but that's just, have you ramped your sales? Like how many quota carrying sales reps today? Uh, 20. Yeah. Close to close to 20. All right. Listen up before we wrap up. So, I mean, 14,000 customers North a hundred bucks a month that puts you North of 1.4 million bucks per month. Is that accurate? Uh, repeat the number again. Sure. 14,000 customers all paying an ARPU of north of hundred bucks a month puts you at north of 1.4 million a month right now in revenue. Uh, better than this. Cause it's, um, that's why ARPU I, is higher. That's why I said north. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Far up north, like far. Why are you being coy? How far? I think it's not that far, actually. You're saying that to act like you're way bigger than you are. Um, we're getting close to 19 right now. That's great. But why be coy? I mean, so that's the difference of 16.8 million ARR versus what I, what I just said versus 19 uh, million ARR that you think you'll hit this year. So it's a difference. But oh, I see. I, I've heard you said 14.8. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I said 1.4 million a month which would be 14.8 mm. annually. You yeah. corrected me and said, yeah. we're actually going to break 19, which is good, by the way, which is great growth, right? So if you're at that today, where were you a year ago? Do you remember? I have to look into the spreadsheets, but um, we're doing something like 55, 60% uh, 
year-over-year growth. Are you happy with and, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very happy. We're um, we're trying to build a business that lasts. So uh, we're you know, cash flow neutral. Um, we, um, I think. So just to be clear, you're break even right each month. Your bank's not going down. You're not losing any cash. You're break even. Um, on one month we can be making fifty thousand dollars. Sure. Another month we can be losing forty thousand dollars. Yep. Right. So like cash flow neutral means that like plus minus five percent, you know, it's, um, it doesn't, it doesn't really, um, it Nikita, doesn't really matter. Nikita, that, that, that last raise was a $15 million raise series B back in May, 2017. That was over two years ago. Most folks, when they get on this track, they're raising every 18 months or so. Are you raising capital right now? Uh, we're not. No. Okay. You're not getting pressure from Altos or any folks that put in money many years ago to keep. You oh know, no no we we got we got we got very good investors who are also focused on the long term and what we're trying to do now is we are building our executive team and making sure that uh, we can scale and we can, you know we can we can grow from two hundred to four hundred uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, once that executive team is built out that would be the time for us to consider our, you know, our, our next, uh, next phase of, uh, doubling. Yeah. Very good. All right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, favorite business book. You know what? Uh, I gave you another one. You said pitch um, anything. I gave you, yeah, yeah. Pitch anything the last time I'd give you another one, which I read recently and i really like it's called uh, managing the unmanageable and it's about uh structuring and uh, management of the engineering teams i really like it it's a good one number two is there a ceo you're following or studying uh there is um there is a coo that i uh, learned greatly from um it's the coo of ring central um who invested in our business early on and uh, who helps with uh, advi- uh, advice and, you know, kind of a little bit of guidance. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Hmm. You know what? It's probably... Uh, it is probably actually, I mean, it's probably LinkedIn, even though it could be a cliche thing. No, it's not cliche. It's, it's whatever your... It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's if amazing. It works, can, like, if it works, it works. It works. You can reach out and prospect into anyone, anywhere, and find whoever you need to um, either get an advice from or or try hire and yep. recruit. Number four, how many hours of sleep you get every night? Eight hours of sleep. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married with two kids. Two kiddos. That's good. All right. Uh, and how old are you? I'm 33. 33. I was going to say, if you told me the same answer that you gave two years ago, I was going to jump down your throat. All right. Last question, <laughs> last question Makita. I, I only correct you where I have to. And, uh, I feel uh, bad. I feel... Not why- 
not quite black and white uh, and white you know I, like, I feel bad uh, because i'm gonna post the transcript and i'm gonna make you look very silly and you're gonna have to issue an apology um, <laughs> makita last 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 question what do you wish your 20 what do you wish your 20 year old self knew um that you know life is amazing beyond 30s and uh, it will probably be amazing beyond 40s 50s 60s and so on and so forth that every year is just the beginning and uh, like take your time to enjoy the life don't try to uh, don't try to run too fast without uh, being present and noticing what's happening now Guys, there you have it. Makita with Panadoc. They've passed $19 million in ARR, serving over 14,000 business owners paying more than $100 per month to use their technology. Major product debate over the past year. They've added on a payments system as well. Uh, so they're obviously uh, adding additional value there in addition to their SaaS platform. Not making meaningful revenue yet on the payments platform, just focusing on value in the short term. Gross revenue churn annually on a re- again, revenue basis is less than 50%. Expansion more than makes up for whatever their churn is. They have over 100% net revenue retention spending up to nine or 10 months of first year ACV to acquire customers for less than a 12 month payback. Makita, thank you for taking us to the top. Um, approaching 19 million. <laughs> will you break it? Will you break it this year? Uh, yeah. There will. you go. All right, Makita. Thank you.